make me wanna shout. Kick your heels up and shout. Well, listeners, the offseason is behind us. The preseason is behind us. And this is the first episode of the regular season of season four. What? Of Bills and Beers. We're going to talk this week about our week one matchup on the road in the Meadowlands against the New York Jets. I'm Lars. Joining me tonight, as always, to my immediate right is Billy the Kid Nichols. Hello, hello, hi, hi, how are you? We're all really excited to be here with you listeners, and we're so glad you came to join us as well. And joining us tonight, the always beautiful, I like that shirt, by the way, very Mama Cass of you, and very apropos, because it's Mama Cassie Ozark. Hello, I'm saying it right now, playoffs. We're easy to find on the internet. You can just go to billsandbeers.com. That's our Facebook page. Communicate with us that way. Give us segment requests. You can find us on Twitter. You can subscribe to us through iTunes. We're not going to waste any time. We're going to get right into it because we got a lot of football to talk. The Jets coming up. We're all really excited. It's time to talk some Buffalo Bills football. The Bills are making it happen now. Week one upon us. It's been since, what, the 2009 season since we beat the New York Jets. They've swept us each of the last two years. Last year, not so pretty. They've got our number on offense. Uh, We've had a difficult time stopping them on the run. What do we have to look forward to this year? It's tough to say. Tim Tebow in at quarterback. They're ever-changing defense. Let's start with that. What is our offense going to have to do to beat that vaunted Jets defense? I'm going to say turnovers. Protect the ball. I think it's the only way that you win a game. Um, Fitzy has to not play like he did in four preseason games and actually come out and make some connections. Um, and then, of course, just hand the ball off to Freddie. I think that's that's it. That's our our uh, recipe for success. Handing the ball to Freddie? Just give it to him. I agree wholeheartedly. Billy, what do you have to say about this? Uh, so, in a... One of the people who has had our numbers the most has been Rex Ryan and him uh, disguising a lot of uh, uh, different blitzes and throwing different packages at us to uh, throw off Fitzpatrick, who is all about being able to make the right pre-snap read. And that's going to be big is how uh, does Chan Gailey and his play calling and the communication with Fitzpatrick and Fitzpatrick's ability to make quick decisions after the snap to recognize uh, where the open player, where the advantage is going to be. So uh, that type of thing starts to get thrown off when you start to um, make progress uh, earlier in the game. So if we get behind, they're going to be able to be even more aggressive on defense, going to be able to uh, throw more shit at us. So the quicker we can uh, get off uh, to, a, to a good start, run a balanced offense, throw in a couple of tricks of our own, uh, the, better, uh, the better we're going to be able to do. I think you hit on something very important. I think it's absolutely imperative we don't get behind in this game, and that's going to come down to our, our defense, which we'll get to in a minute. Uh, but our offense, of course, cannot, as you say, be making turnovers or be giving them points uh, through you know pick sixes, fumble returns, that sort of thing. Now, one of the big premier matchups this weekend for our offense, of course, is Stevie Johnson out there on Revis Island. I don't know if you guys heard the reports today. Uh, Stevie's groin is aggravating him again. Maybe it's all smoke and mirrors. Who knows? Uh, We were talking before going live here about some of the unorthodox routes that Stevie runs, and a lot of it has to do with timing. So if Rex Ryan has his guys in the right place at the right time, they can really disrupt that because I think that Stevie can have an easy time with Darrell Rivas. But one of the other things we were talking about as well, and this is going to make things difficult for CJ and Freddie, is the Jets' tendency to pack the middle of the field, forcing you to go to the outside. Now, Cassie, I know how you feel 
about our current number two wide receiver. How important is it that Fitz can connect with Donald Jones in this game to open up that middle of the field a little bit? I, I don't even, I don't think it should be Donald Jones. I despise him. I still do. Um, I always will. I think it's more going towards tight ends. It's Spiller coming out of the backfield, maybe receiving. It's the short dump passes to Freddie. I think it's more of that. I Personally, I don't even think we should throw to Donald Jones. I don't think he should be on the field. Um, but that's what it's going to be. It's going to be David Nelson, um, you know, over the, over, the, over the middle, hopefully him being the second wide receiver as, you know, another option instead of Donald Jones. But that's just my thoughts, you know, my hatred. Yeah, uh, I'll, t- I'll tell you one thing that I am uh, interested to see that we haven't seen at, uh, anything at all of, but we heard a lot of chatter about it for uh, during the off season, and that is us running the Wildcat with Brad Smith. Mm. And I can imagine Chang Gailey in the you know his sort of like you know I'm gonna beat you, I'm smarter than you type way. Are you suggesting it's gonna be our first offensive play from scrimmage? Because w- honestly, that would not surprise me. I, it, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. I I do think we'll see it a, a couple times, uh, and um, yeah, I wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me if we saw it before uh, we ran into you know Tebow and uh, and that Wildcat formation. I, I'm sure Chan's listening to this you know podcast as of part of his pregame you know setting up. Don't get involved in the cutesy crap. Like, <laughs> let them do the wildcat. Don't be like, oh, I'm going to beat you at your own game and stuff that we've heard on Sports Center over and over and over again. Oh, when's the Jets going to pull their wildcat? Oh, it's a closed practice. You know, the Jets are gonna, you know running their wildcat. No reporters can be in there. Let them do that. Let's just go at them, take the ball at them, give the ball to Freddie, and let them run the cute crap, and we just beat them. Okay, let me say this about the Wildcat. I don't understand why it's so difficult to defend. And of all the times that I've seen teams run the Wildcat, I can recall one pass. And it was from Freddie to Lee Evans. I can recall less than three times where they hand it to the guy who's doing the end around. Almost every time it's just a direct snap. Why is it so hard to game plan for? What is it about the Wildcat that, I mean, is it just the media feeding this frenzy? Is it really that difficult to defend? Well, I mean, I know when it came out because of Tony Soprano, or whatever, Soprano, who, by the way, know, is, is the think, new offense quarter. I don't think people would be doing it if it wasn't working. But it like, hasn't really worked since it worked for the, for well, the, think about the it. Dolphins it, in a way. Do you know how many times we ran Brad, that Brad Smith at third and, third and one in yeah. the beginning of the season when we didn't have to pull now, him was, out as a receiver? I was going to come to a, that and say, yes, I, I think the people knock the Bills, Wildcats, and Brad Smith, you particularly, so I'm, I'm surprised you brought it up, yeah. because he was extremely effective on third and short yep. in the Wildcat, or excuse me, Wildcat, but that's just it. Okay, we need two or three yards. Great, grand, wonderful. It's good for that. I mean, so this whole sub-package that everybody's making a big deal out of, the best we can come up with is it's good for short yardage plays? I mean, I, it's, part of me thinks that this whole wildcat thing is just a bunch of nonsense. Yeah, but but then I'll take it. If it's third and one, third and, third and two, and we need that short yardage, and we have a better percentage of getting with the wildcat, then why not? I mean, the, my nervous factor is one time, yeah, they are going to tell Brad Smith to drop back, and he goes long, and then we just sit there and, like, scratch our heads, and we're like, why did they just do that? Let's just pick up the short like yardage. Let's get a yeah. first down. It's one thing that Fitz does that drives me nuts. Yeah. He airs it out down the sideline on third and 18 inches. So. Well, I, I foresee them handing to Freddie on the very first play of scrimmage. I think that's going to be the play. I would like to see them run with Fred. If he can consistently pick up three yards 
per carry against this Jets defense, based on what I think our defense is going to do to their offense, which we can get to in a second, I think we'll be okay offensively. Uh, what do you uh, think CJ's role is going to be in the game? I think he's going to be uh, a drawback. I also think he's going to be lined up wide a lot, or at least in the slot. Um, I don't. He. I don't think we're going to be in a position. I. I would love to be in a position that we run the ball thirty times in this game, uh, and twelve of them are CJ. But I just don't see that being the reality. I don't know why. I'm suddenly reading today some of the things I read about the Jets. It reminded me that that defense is pretty good. Although as we as we mentioned, their their big nose tackles Simone Niahua or whatever you know Medikaliki Maka. Um, is not going to be playing, or might not be playing. He has a tenuous back injury for right now, so who knows what will happen with that. Um, but I don't know, man. It just—it seems like it's always tough to have an offensive game plan against them. So I, don't, I can't say for certain where CJ will fit in. I, I see him five wide, five wide receivers. He's in there. He's you know running the short route across the middle. I, I love him in that position. I really, really do. He takes over for Roscoe, you know. For what he used to run in slots, so yeah, I think uh, uh, as opposed to five wide, we'd go, we'd have him start back and then have him pull out. But I, uh, I think we're saying the same thing. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll get now to the the defensive side of the ball. This is kind of a doom and gloom way, doom and gloom way to start the the episode, especially the way to start uh, season four here, Bills and Beers. But uh, man, I have a little bit of trepidation about our offense going into this game, and I have all the faith in the world in Fitzpatrick right now, and particularly in Stevie and Scott Chandler and David Nelson, and obviously in our running backs as well, but I do think that that Jets defense is, is worth the praise that they get, so we'll see how it works out. Well, I'm very excited to be sitting here talking about Buffalo Bills defense. Well, <laughs> 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 kidding. The reason why is we actually have a defense this year. So, anyways, going up against these this this Jets offense, where uh, do you yep, guys? Yep, definitely a foul. <laughs> <laughs> she started thinking about Mark Sanchez. Ew. Where do you guys think that the uh, the Bills defense is going to rank out in this game? Well, I think they're going to rank number one in this game. That's for sure. <laughs> um, I, oh, boy. Oh, God. I, I don't know. Uh, watching our defense in the preseason, it looked like the line was going about three-quarter speed. And even even then, they were, at the very least, controlling the line of scrimmage. Uh, that right tackle they have, we talked about it before. They brought that new guy in, and now they've got Aaron Maben trying to simulate Mario Williams, which is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, I think he's going to have a long, tell, miserable tell, day. Tell everyone about that, just in case you know they don't realize what's going on over in the sure. uh, you know so, practice facility. So uh, right now, um, uh, Rex Ryan has Aaron Maven and Copples running with the scout team to simulate Mario Williams' speed, and uh, to simulate Mario Williams' speed, they have Aaron Maven starting off sides. And as I mentioned before, I, it, it might actually it might actually be the case that Mario Williams. And Aaron Maven are about the same speed, uh, which is fine considering Mario Williams outweighs Mar- or what's Mark Sanchez? Yeah, outweighs Aaron Maven by about eighty pounds and has him by about four inches. So I don't really think speed is what the right tackle needs to be concerned with. It's more about just getting tossed out of the way, which I fully expect to see. And you know what? If they have to bring in six, seven blockers and put two guys on Mario Williams. They don't have enough guys then to cover Darius. They certainly don't have enough guys to cover Kyle Williams. Those yeah. three guys. Hey, 
What about Chris Kelsey? Well, there's also that. Uh, Chris Kelsey will do a hell of a job getting into the backfield and then whiffing at the quarterback. <laughs> and then he'll, you know, he'll scramble for 18 yards and oh, he'll yeah. be throwing beers at the screen as we always do. Uh, but, Forks. you know, it's going to take five guys to block those three. Darius, uh, yeah. Kyle Williams, and Marley. And I'm, I don't think I'm being a homer in saying that. No. I really don't. Well, so I mean, whoever that third de- or fourth defensive lineman is, if it's Kelsey, if it's Mark Anderson, they got to be ready to bring their game because they're going to get into the backfield on running and on pass plays, and they got to be ready to make plays. Yeah, uh, the way I'm, the way I look at this uh, rationally, I feel free to poke holes in this. Uh, just I always do, Bill. not too hard. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, no, so you compare. Like, I feel like in previous seasons, it's t- it's we can all if you look at our team. Our defense this year versus our defense last year. We're not. We're not. No, no, no. Okay, yeah, obvious, right? They don't compare. They don't compare. But what I'm. But what I'm saying is, we didn't. We, we've never feared Mark Sanchez. He's a joke, right? Mm-hmm. Granted, he has found a way to beat us. Uh, but you know, he's the kind of quarterback who gets rattled, and who once you start to get pressure on him, uh, he makes mistakes. Uh, and to add uh, to what you were saying there, Billy. Uh, I'm going to give you a number. Uh, that number is 50, and that is where I'm putting the over/under on the number of sacks the Buffalo Bills get in 2012, and I'm taking the over. I think we get at least three sacks a game, which puts us right around 50. I think we're going to be closer to four sacks per game, and I don't think that's beyond the realm of possibility. You look skeptical, Cassie. I, I, I do. I think my biggest fear for this game, and we were talking about this earlier, and, and no, no laughing at this, but is over penetration. You know, where we penetrate, thank you. It's never been a problem for you before, Cassie. (laughs) (laughs) But no, it's where we we penetrate on the sides and we leave open the middle. So where it can be like a screen pass or, you know, a quick draw play and whatnot, and they pick up the the big gain. So that's my biggest fear of seeing that happen too many times. All right, well, let me throw two names at you. Uh, for those situations, two guys who it's their job to clean that up, Jarris Bird and George Wilson. Today the Bills announced their six captains, George Wilson among the defensive captains. How does that strike you guys? I sent out an email saying very telling. George Wilson, converted wide receiver, former practice squad player, now the captain of this defense. That everybody's captain last, sure captain last year, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, well, okay, yeah. but again, this year's defense versus last year's defense. Let's okay. apples and oranges here. Either way, not Mario Williams. Okay, not Marcel Darius, yeah. not Nick Barnett, not Jarris Bird. I guess it doesn't surprise. Well, I mean, those names did not surprise me at all. That he's a, a leader among those names. Yeah, I mean, George Wilson has been like one of the most vocal guys on our team. For but some he's time. also been one of the best defenders, and that's why I hear what you're saying on those yep. on those draw plays. But if if it's the case where like they have to do things to counteract the the efficacy of our defensive line, and I think that we will see this from the Jets, especially when Tebow's in the game. Then they have to contend with Bird and Wilson, who are as sure as tacklers as it gets. Well, and, and I've always called George Wilson Old Man Wilson because he's kind of, you know, the old mentor, big leader, you know, quiet, seems like a quiet guy, but always, you know, leads with his actions instead of his words. So I'm very excited about him, but... I would agree with that. And then the other thing I can see happening in that situation is Sanchez throws some bonehead passes and Bird's right there or George Wilson or, you know, Gilmore or whatnot to make some easy picks. I definitely see that happening if we can fluster uh, Sanchez 
that he's just going to put the ball up and we're going to just be able to snap it out of the air and, and we're going to sit there and be like, who was he throwing to? Where was that going? And, you know, easy pick, pick six, you know, or, you know, getting it on the, you know, the other side of the field. I, I totally see that happening. Okay, well, uh, we talked about the running game and I think it's still heads or tails on whether or not we will be effective against the running game. Like I said, it's been a, it's been a, a very difficult thing for us to overcome the last two years. I would Sperano is run, run I mean traditionally run first as well. Right. So I don't know about the running game. I think we can safely assume that we will take their wide receivers out of the game. I don't think the I don't think the wide receivers present much of a threat. And we'll get to the wrinkle that Tebow throws into the offense, but for the time being Bill, you had mentioned before, and it's absolutely worth mentioning, uh, Dustin Keller, uh, their tight end situation. Is that something we need to be looking at? Is that something we need to be fearing this weekend? Definitely fear it just because of the fact that teams have always figured out a way to have their tight end involved and like have them making plays. You would think that, though, with our improvement in other areas, that will help. And I don't know how those pieces slide in such a way to make that to actually uh, allow us to stop the you know a, a tight end better but um you would think the fact that we are doing other things better in the field that we'll be able to um have certain coverage that will allow us to be better positioned at least to, to you know prevent big gains okay yeah uh, and I'm looking here at the Jets' jet depth chart right now, and I think we did get burned a lot last season from their wide receivers and their tight ends, but they had bigger names. I mean, the only, I mean, their first string wide receivers are Santonio Holmes, and maybe I should know it, but Stephen Hill. Right, he's the rookie out of Georgia Tech. Exactly. Like, they had Santonio Holmes and Plax going against us last year, and they burned us on that. I, I'm a lot more comfortable with the matchups now, especially because I don't think their wide receivers are going to be as strong. And, you know, maybe I'm being uh, a little uh, preemptive on this, but quite frankly, nobody's number one receiver frightens me so long as we have Stephon Gilmore. I mean, again, that's that kind of... That might be a little bit predictive there since he really hasn't done anything yet, but I, just, I, I get the feeling based on what everybody said about the guy that I think we got a good thing out there. Uh, yeah, I mean, we'll think about, too, I'm a pass rush, it's like... They're going to have to sometimes pull that tight end back, have, keep keep him back yep. in uh, protection. So, uh, I mean, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna kill them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. So let's get to the, let's get to yeah. what everybody wants to hear about. Like seriously, Tim, Tim Tebow. Okay. Tim Tebow last year played for the Denver Broncos. He came into Ralph Wilson Stadium and got destroyed. Okay. Yeah. Last year's defense. Like that was so much fun to watch because <laughs> yeah. Tebow was so bad. So it's like how does any how is there any analyst that can like go home and sleep at night that <laughs> says he he has any potential to be a successful quarterback in the NFL. So you you are not at all concerned about Tim the Tim Tebow factor. First and 10 uh, or first and goal from inside I'm the 10-yard line. I'm not concerned with that being a factor in the game. My concern will they will they have a couple plays where, you know, it beats us for a 15, 20, 25-yard gain? You know, maybe. And like I'm sure that will make the highlights, the 35-second highlight reel that we get on the game because it's going to be, you know, 17 to to 7 well, yeah, final, yeah, yeah. final S- score or something. Save your prediction. No, but we'll you know what there. I'm saying? Is like though I'm sure they'll throw that Tebow highlight in and be like, "Oh, quarterback controversy brewing." Meanwhile, they don't show the three sacks by uh, Mario Williams and the amazing like uh, um, uh, interception by by pawing the ball by Kyle Williams. <laughs> 
And this is what I, I was going to bring up Kyle Williams. I am not as scared about Tebow because Kyle Williams, not only is he good, but he's quick. He is fast. Like, you see how big he is? That boy is fast. He can run. Tebow better watch out. Tebow better watch out because <laughs> Kyle Williams is coming after you. I mean, do you guys realize that we're going to be watching the, the our team play in a regular season game? <laughs> in four up, days? We actually, yeah. <laughs> and we actually have in... Uh, Two days, something like that. Uh, and we actually have uh, reason to uh, be, uh, you know, optimistic. Realistically, all right. Well, optimistic. let's. All right. Well, let's. Uh, okay, then fine. That that's a nice little segue into our final segment here. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that realistic optimism here as we give our predictions for the game and for the 2012 season. Things that uh, it's it's sort of embarrassing that it's taken four years for bills and beers to come to this. But one of the things we're going to institute here during the regular season, uh, each of our episodes is going to be brought to you by a new type of beer. Uh, this week uh, we didn't go Buffalo this week. Maybe we'll do some Genesee or what is it? Gen- what? How do you say that? The, the cream ale, Genesee. Yeah. Is Jenny, it Jenny Light? Jenny Light. Genesee. Maybe we'll do that someday. We'll certainly do Labatt at some point. Uh, but today, uh, well made, point well made. Uh, the Point Brewery from uh, I guess this is somewhere in Wisconsin. It's not from Milwaukee, is it? I think it's from up northern Wisconsin. Uh, Stevens Point, Wisconsin, uh, is where the Point Brewery comes from. And tonight we are drinking the Nude Beach, the summer wheat. Uh, the first three or four weeks of the NFL season. Always a bit summery. Uh, this has got a nice, refreshing summer flavor to it. Point. Nude Beach, listeners. Try it if you're over 21. Now. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. <laughs> seriously, uh, Bills and Beers does not condone underage drinking. We're coming into a game here. Very important game. It's a division game. It's the first game of the year. It's going to set the tone. We've got a lot of obstacles to overcome. We've also got a couple of good matchups that go our way. How do you guys see this game panning out, Billy. I'll tell you how I see this panning out, okay? And pan is going to be a word that is going to be used throughout the game because the camera will not be able to pan as fast as Stevie can make his moves, as (laughs) many directions as CJ will run, because we're going to light them up. Wow. That is a bold prediction. The score will be 27 17, Buffalo. You think they're going to put up 17 on us? Yes. <laughs> you would call 27 to 17 a light up? Yeah, it's just 27 no, to 17. Against Rex Ryan's defense? Yeah. It's a pretty good score. I don't think they'll put up 17 on us. I, I don't think in any universe they're going to score 17 points on us. Unless their defense scores points. In which case, turnovers, defensive touchdowns, that's always the wild card that throws every game out of whack. So. You never know. The first, it's the first, first game. It's one of those things like who knows what kind of plays are going to get thrown in there that we didn't prepare for. I hope you're right and they don't and it's, you know, we can just sit there and, and relax. But 27-17, final answer. Now, I see, Cassie, that you are vigorously taking notes on your uh, native iPad app there, your notepad. Um, care to share with our listeners what it is you're jotting down? Yeah, I'm, I'm jotting down the scores because I'm going on a public record right now and saying we're tracking this stuff this season. We're going to see who gets closest, who has the most bonehead you know, differences right. in, in, in score. But 
I have Let it be known that anybody who predicts a Bills loss and a week we win will be shamed outright through our Facebook feed. Go ahead. I am going for more of a lights out blowout. No pun intended with the lights out, right? Yeah. By the way, is he still out of work? Probably. We would have seen it. We would have seen he yeah. got picked up. Yeah, I, mean, I think he's still. Yeah. yeah too bad. 28 Bills, 13 Jets. Okay. So how do you see us getting those four touchdowns? Through a myriad of ways, I would say. Myriad of ways. Specifically four. <laughs> I would say definitely one's going to be defensive. Wow. Definitely. I'm, I'm convinced of it. Okay. Um, I'm going to say. Put, Fred- that, put that in your prediction. <laughs> yeah, okay. Freddie, I can see him having one. Um, I actually see Fitzy scrambling for one, you know, like a, a goal yard play, you know, or third and third and short, and we just give it to Fitzy and he pushes his way in. Yeah. And the th- I don't know about the fourth. I feel like it's going to come, but it's going to be maybe Stevie, I, I don't know, maybe a special teams, maybe another defensive, but. Now, uh, you weren't jotting those specific predictions down, so we'll have to make sure that yeah. we, uh, you know, go ahead and. and Outline what okay. touchdowns you said. I, I, I will listen to the episode, okay. Bill. I don't oh, yeah. know about you. Right, yeah, right. that's what you say now. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, th- I admire your optimism. Obviously, I do. Uh, I predict that our team will go 14-2 and two this year, so obviously I share uh, your positive outlook. However, uh, and, I, and I also think we're going to win this game. Uh, I think we're going to win every, every uh, opening game. I, I just rarely can foresee a circumstance in which we lose, but that's just the optimist in me talking. This game, however, I think is going to be won on the leg of Ryan Lindell. I think the final score is going to be 19-10, to 10, with only one Bills touchdown coming either on a short run from Freddie or from a goal line play, or excuse me, a red zone play to either Chandler or uh, David Nelson. Maybe Stevie, uh, but I, don't th- I think we're only going to punch it in once. I think we're going to be down 7-3 after the first quarter. We're going to hold them to a field goal after that, and then after that we're just going to be knocking field goals through left and right, and it's just going to be a very slow, methodical defensive battle, and we're going to come out on the winning end of things. I, I personally would rather watch Bill's and I's game <laughs> Well, let it be clear. If we're only up by nine points with five minutes to go in the fourth quarter, all of us are going to be completely shitting ourselves because we've been there, done that before, and it's we've actually probably given up bigger, bigger leads than nine points with five minutes to go. But that's my prediction. I'm sticking to it. Put it in your little notepad there. Uh, another quick reminder here for our listeners who, once again, thank you so much. And uh, tell a friend, uh, share share this link on Facebook. Let everybody know that you are a Bills and Beers listener. It only takes a few seconds, and not even a few seconds. It's a, single, it's a simple keystroke, one click of the mouse, and you can share us with hundreds of people who may or may not be Bills fans. Maybe they're big NFL fans. Who cares? Let everybody know you love our show. We love that you listen to our show. Come back and join us next week. Until then, go Bills. Make me wanna Shout